0: People often talk about how assistive technology and data are transforming the care sector. But what does this mean? And what will the implications be? Analysing data and identifying trends will be crucial to developing optimum standards of care. But this is just the beginning. To learn more about this subject, I've recently spoken to Creshlink Hottie from PainCheck. My name's Simon Parker, and this is the Care Leaders Network podcast. So here goes our assistive technology, data and analytics are transforming the care sector. So questioning can you talk to me a little bit about, around why data and analytics are so important in the care sector?
1: Uh, well, thanks, Simon. Simon. That's a very good question. Uh, first of all, it is very difficult to deliver change in the care sector and accomplish that much needed transformation of care without basically embracing this digital era or digital evolution that we currently have in the sector uh, in this aspect at the center of this obviously uh, uh, revolution is uh, the opportunity provided by uh, data driven technologies and potential that they have to solve various issues in the sector i think this is this is critical and uh, obviously we need to recognize that this sector has its characteristics for example it has more fragmented landscape of providers and commissioners. Uh, Many organizations still collect data manually. Often this data is unretrievable. And uh, we also know that this sector um, historically had fewer technical experts to draw on, so which makes uh, this more challenging for adoption, but, and also it has uh, in general an overstretched workforce. So we, we are sort of operating in this context, we are operating in this sort of environment. But the good news is that things are changing and there are more providers adopting these digital solutions, appointing technical teams to support this uh, digital uh, transformation. And also we uh, uh, are going through a very, I think, exciting period where uh, data is becoming more visible. And as it becomes more visible, you can clearly see the value of using that data at different levels of care. In this context, it's also um, worth noting uh, a recent uh, policy paper published in June 2022 by Department of Health and Social Care uh, titled Data Save Lives, Reshaping Health and Social Care with Data. So this, this tells us a lot. This is a very important paper which recognizes the value of data driven approach in social care, basically. So, I think I think uh, this encapsulates the, the the very importance of why data and data analytics is so important currently in the care sector.
0: It's amazing, isn't it? How uh, I was having this conversation earlier on today. How the social care world seems, broadly speaking, that that there's an, a massive uptick of care providers thinking about technology. Uh, we're undergoing uh, somewhat of a digital revolution, as you uh, as you put it earlier, uh, which is very very exciting, um, and the opportunities that will be presented as a as a result of this de- uh, digital revolution should be absolutely fantastic. It's 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 how do you then est- extract all of that data? How do you make it meaningful? And how do you make uh, in- ensure that that data is valuable when it comes to improving the lives of people living in care services, and then also the teams and the and the leadership teams as uh, as well. And there's, it's so multifaceted and such a broad, broad subject. But I think broadly speaking, data, uh, I mean, there was a few years ago, data became more valuable than, than oil. And there's a reason for that because with that data um, becomes uh, uh, insight and potentially even in the future foresight as well when it comes to doing kind of predictive type analytics, which may be one of the subjects that we'll get onto today. But thanks very much for answering that particular question around the importance of data in analytics. Um, Talk to me a little bit about the specific advantage gained from adopting a data-driven approach when it comes to care.
1: Well, Simon, as you say, you know, with great data comes great power and great responsibility as well. I think this is something that we need to recognize. But uh, I think it's very important we adopt a data-driven approach to address some of the issues that the sector is currently facing. In this context, it's worth Mentioning that social care currently has high amounts of of of, of data, but unfortunately, uh, in many cases, this data is largely inconsistent. As such, it is also difficult to use the, that that data currently to address uh, various issues that the, uh, the 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 sector is facing, including issues related to overstressed workforce, for example, and and how do we use this data for addressing various health inequalities? So, in 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 a current environment. Uh, it's It's difficult, but this is progress, and so there's there's inroads that are being made in, in this. Firstly, adopting a, a, a data driven approach allows collection and analysis of very valuable data, which allows then care providers to gain insights into various care patterns and trends within their organizations. They can use this information to better address their needs and improve, uh, so the needs of their, uh, uh, as a provider, but also needs of their uh, residents, for example, and improve their services. This can lead to really a number of advantages. Firstly, we have the uh, advantage of improving individual care and personalization of that care, which uh, for, uh, for, for many conditions, for many health conditions, this is a very critical uh, assignment. Ultimately, what people want is care that basically responds to their individual needs. And this this can be enabled by uh, a data-driven approach. A data-driven approach can generate that critical information, which then allows uh, for providers to customize care according to their uh, uh, residents or their patients' uh, individual needs. This is very important. So we are at this critical step where we are unlocking, fully unlocking this uh, possibility. Uh, also, it's important to recognize that by leveraging data analytics, providers are also in a position to see and know what works better for most people that uh, they are looking after. This is also very important. This can foster that sense of universality and address health inequalities by basically offering individuals what we know works best for most people so they have a right on 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 accessing that care that works better for most people and you can see what works better for most people if you are using this data driven approach i think this is this is quite exciting so uh, uh, and can be done only if we basically uh, adopt this data driven approach uh, another key advantage uh, simon is the fact that uh, this data uh, uh, driven approach allows better planning of services. Uh, and obviously uh, with this comes better allocation of resources. Now this is particularly uh, important in in a in a sector uh, in, a, in a sector which is already overstretched in terms of Staffing. Uh, providers through better analysis of their data can ensure that their resources are used, where and when, they are needed the most. This is this is very important for them, especially as I said, considering the overstretched uh, workforce in this um, sector. So basically, you're adopting a system that has potential to steer your services based on what works best. So this is what the data-driven approach allows you to do, and it, I think I think it's quite exciting, but also critical. Uh, another key advantage that. Uh, data analytics in general and obviously data uh, driven approach allows you to do is to have access to that real time data uh, for people working in the sector uh, therefore allowing them to communicate and collaborate better so there's an improved communication and and and, and collaboration between all uh, uh, stakeholders involved including various providers organizations and agencies as well as um, as well as health professionals This is done through more efficient sharing of information uh, through uh, information being more easily accessible uh, through a more timely action on the information that's available to you. And ultimately, uh, you can use this to uh, better coordinate and basically uh, initiate collaborative uh, activities based on evidence that you are receiving from your data. And data analytics in general. I think these are some very exciting times uh, ahead, and these times are being—I uh, mean, these advantages are definitely being unlocked by uh, this data-driven approach.
0: Because there's, there's there's almost like the the macro sector-wide how health and social care gets integrated from a from a data perspective. That's obviously a really really big part of the part of the picture. But if you then zoom in and think about on a service by service perspective you've then got examples of how uh, the data and being able to analyze that data can improve the quality of care out- outcomes as uh, as well so I'd be really interested uh, uh, with that kind of mindset of being zoomed in give me some examples of how data uh, and analyzing that data can improve care outcomes for for people living in care services
1: um, well, I I can give you. Let's let's take the example uh, of this uh, data uh, 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 driven approach in the area of pain management in people living with dementia specifically which is a very uh, important population group uh, with specific needs individual needs and that we need to do more obviously as you uh, as you know there's a high percentage of people living uh, in dementia in aged care sector and pain assessment uh, as well as then management for this uh, population group, is very challenging because of their compromised um, ability, ability to self-report uh, their pain. Self-report is the golden standard, but uh, 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 people living with dementia, with moderate and advanced dementia, they are unable to do that. So what this results in is that they experience what are what's known as behavioral and psychological symptoms of dementia. So there would be these are very challenging behaviors, uh, behaviors such as agitation and aggressiveness, uh, which can also lead to safeguarding and, and and similar issues. But the problem is that because of their compromised ability to self-report pain, in people living with dementia pain often goes undetected. So pain becomes the underlying cause of these behavioral symptoms, which are often treated with antipsychotics. And because pain is not detected, it obviously goes uh, without without treatment. Now, when it comes to data analytics in this context, what we know is that documentation of pain uh, in general, in the aged care sector, is, uh, is not very good. Uh, we, based on various studies, uh, such as study by Andrews et al, we know that uh, nearly a third of residents have no documentation of uh, of how pain was uh, assessed. Uh, over twenty percent of ep- pain episodes basically goes go without an evidence of uh, them having a proper assessment. Uh, so, pain documentation is an issue. Now if we come to examples if we take an example of how 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 this can be addressed for example at paincheck uh, paincheck is an australian based company which is now in the in the uk as well uh, it has a vision to give voice to people who cannot verbalize pain and in addition to giving voice the aim is to also make their pain journey, journey visible through uh, providing this data analytics uh, capability. Now, PainCheck is therefore specialized to offer solutions focused around better pain management and subsequent, uh, uh, obviously, assessment and subsequent uh, management. Now, just just to briefly explain, PainCheck is a point of care solution uh, that uses artificial uh, intelligence to detect facial features of pain, which are then combined with non uh, non uh, non facial indicators of pain to generate a pain score and pain intensity it is comprised of three key uh, uh, pillars so it's the point of care uh, application that i just mentioned and then it's the uh, uh, the data analytics and also pain uh, related education that uh, that is provide uh, that is provided all of this is done digitally uh, so because the the system the pain check system allows for documents to be stored electronically it, it's absolute minimization of paper handling duplication and, and and those associated risks but in addition to point of care uh, an app providing pain uh presence which is the pain score and pain intensity uh, level uh, the solution can also unlock the evaluation of a person's pain experience, and I will explain now uh, how how can uh, 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 in this in this regard, pain check do this. But let me just summarize very very briefly some current very interesting recent evidence coming out of various leading research studies in this field we know for example at clinical level adopting a, a, we now know that at, at clinical level adopting a data driven approach is critical this approach can be further obviously advanced through creation and utilization of data uh, it is now very evident that there is a massive potential to leverage this data to ben- better inform clinical practice. Now, a couple of weeks ago, there was an, an interesting editor's view published in in a prestigious Age and Aging, and where speci- specifically it was mentioned how uh, uh, linking various databases together, uh, you uh, you can unlock unrecognized patterns uh, in many case- and in many cases. Uh, patterns that uh, uh, you have clinically suspected uh, before, but it was difficult to prove. Now, must emphasize that you can achieve this only through a data-driven approach. And there's more and more evidence in light of this coming out that suggests that pain needs to be individualized. So the management of pain needs to be individualized, but you can only achieve that Simon, if the assessment of pain is also uh, individual. So when when a pain check assessment is is completed, in addition to that pain score and pain level, you also have the information on various comprehensive pain indicators uh, identified in the person. So these would be indicators such as various behaviors, You know agitation aggressivity if the person is crying in pain if their vocalizations are increasing in pain if the person has compromised movement issue if their routine has changed if they're having sleep problems as well uh, when when they're having pain and so on so by easily accessing this data through the, the 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 data analytics You are basically capturing a person's pain experience. You uh, you, you are basically capturing uh, the the pain experience and basically how pain is impacting them. I think this is very, very important. And it can be only achieved by this data-driven approach. We know pain is an individual experience. And through doing a pain check assessment like this, we are in a position to basically capture that uh, individual experience. For example, we can look at a cohort of people who are hyperactive, uh, and obviously they need a high burden of care. Or also we can uh, uh, look at a, a cohort of people with low activity who have decreased social interaction. We can only view these uh, uh, these uh, the, the, this data uh, through the data analytics. Someone can have a moderate pain level, but one of them may not have troublesome or challenging behaviors, whereas another person can have moderate pain, but they can also have very challenging behaviors. So you are going to treat them differently, and you're going to individualize their care. And so this is one example of how PainCheck provides this this pain experience. And it's very important because, uh, because this allows uh, for very uh, for clinicians to gain very very interesting insights now paincheck has also this data analytics capability uh, which allows providers and clinicians to see all pain assessments at their facility level or organization level. So in addition to seeing various trends of pain assessment, Providers and clinicians can also more easily follow best practice guidelines of pain assessment through looking at data and the data analytics portal. So this is this was previously very difficult to do. Uh, it required a lot of effort, a lot of workforce as well. Uh, for example, by looking at a pain assessment. Uh, pain assessment results chronologically in a in a in a in a patient or in a in a resident. In this case, providers providers and clinicians can see the impact of their interventions. If at two p.m., for example, there was a result for a person and the result was severe pain, you obviously, according to guidelines, you need to reevaluate that high uh, severe pain score. So you need to reevaluate. Uh, uh, the person after an hour. So the next result at 3 p.m. should hopefully be a reduced pain score, but you can see this only if the treatment was successful. So you are now seeing all this data, you are analyzing all this data, and you are chronologically able to see if your interventions are having a positive impact or not. This is how clinicians and providers can see at facility level, or organization uh, uh, level, if their intervention uh, uh, interventions are working or not, and this is critical inter- uh, critical information for them to coordinate care, to 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 improve care and steer their their services according to uh, what works best for their for their uh, uh, residents. I think I think this is critical information that is only possible to be unlocked and therefore used through uh, data analytics and through a data driven approach.
0: So we've got there the, so you've got the different data collection points driven through an ai um uh, an ai piece of piece of technology and then you're saying as well that like you can take a macro view to look at different residents different pain scores different services all that type of stuff to then look at kind of trends and analysis in in that respect which i guess without those data points it's very difficult to be able to make a, a comparison of somebody's one person's experience of pain versus somebody else's experience of pain with this you're then able to look at it in a more macro uh, view, but then also look at it in a in a very micro view relevant to that particular individual, and the ability to kind of zoom in and zoom out and things is uh, you you gain different perspective by having those different degrees of um, uh, whether whether it's the, the the micro or the macro macro view as well. So that sounds super super important, and I guess I I know that Paincheck have done various different integrations with different pieces of. Uh, technology, so you can then you can take that <clears throat> the, the the pain scores and then build those into uh, care planning systems as a, as an example as well. So how those different pieces of technology are working together to then improve people's lives through the the the, the data collection, and then the analysis of that that data as well. So it's really exciting in that respect. I know um, it feels like we seem to be at a bit of a quite a pivotal moment in, in social care. And as much as the fact there have been lots of different pieces of technology that have been working uh, in uh, in silos almost. They, they do a great job of being a point solution. But I think now that a lot of people have been working on open AI so that pieces of software can pass data from one piece of software to another, that then presents almost another really exciting frontier. And that's that's where we are today. Who knows where we'll be next year or the year after that. Obviously the the whole AI conversation at the moment is absolutely huge. What with the, uh, the the kind of rise to fame and stardom of, of ChatGPT now four. Um, and it'll be really interesting to see how how that all plays out as well. So can you, to, to round us off, can, can you share with me um, a bit of an explanation around some of maybe the amen, uh, emerging trends around data analytics, assistive technology uh, and how those will play out and impact the, the care sector?
1: Yeah, well, um, here in, in this context, it's also worth sharing that there was recently another policy paper uh, on on a, a plan for digital health and social care, and I, I think this is really good. And one of the one of the key messages in that policy paper was the fact that you need to equip the system digitally uh, to uh, for, for better better care. So it was uh, fully recognized. And some of the highlights actually was the fact that you need to digitize health and social care records because at present only about twenty percent of NHS organizations are. So-called digitally mature, and you need to join up uh, health and social care uh, records and so on. But one of the other uh, uh, highlights in this uh, uh, policy paper was the fact that uh, we need to digitally support diagnosis uh, and 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 therefore improve clinical decision and mating, making making. Through uh through trends, for example, like artificial intelligence, this this is this is an ongoing trend. It's it's very important. Uh artificial intelligence uh or un- artificial intelligence powered solutions are increasingly being used to analyze large amounts of data, to identify obviously various patterns, to uh contribute towards individual towards better decision making and so on. But we in this context, since AI is now a a very interesting trend. Um, We must also recognize the limitations as well as what the role of AI is in the context of care. uh, And in this regard, I don't think uh, that AI solves all healthcare problems, including problems of the care sector. Uh, And I think if if we view the AI as a member of the team, rather than a replacement for uh, health professionals, and, and carers i think i think that's a better better uh, view and a more realistic expectation and uh, uh, a better way of leveraging the full potential of of ai without replacing the person and um and and this sort of approach then would allow um allow health professionals to to uh focus more on some of the more uh humanistic or uh, superpowers or right? things like critical thinking for example that that is uh, that is quite important communication uh, collaboration between each other creativity as well and i think i think i think leveraging ai in the context of supporting uh, health professionals and carers around these sort of uh, 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 human powers and um, removing some of the more burdensome uh, activities, activities related to various administrative tasks and so on. I think that's where uh, AI is going to have a massive impact in addition to facilitating a diagnosis of, of various conditions. So this is, this is a major trend. Then we obviously have the telemedicine and remote uh, monitoring which includes various uh, video conference based solutions and solutions that use remote sensors uh, this has experienced a significant growth in response to covid-19 pandemic uh, so i think this will also continue to evolve and expand a lot um, another another very important trend is the uh, predictive analytics uh, or solutions that allow or enable the capability to uh, uh, to, to to provide predictive uh, analytics, and therefore, for example, in the context of care, identify services or service users and providers that, for example, might uh, require additional support, uh, which can then enable uh, care providers to deliver early and preventative interventions. I think this is another emerging trend. Obviously, we need to optimize operations with data, and this will be another. Uh, we will, um, I am I, I, confident, we will see more, uh, more developments in this area, especially given challenges with staffing, uh, new uh, residents, uh, resident referrals, and funding models, and so on. So we 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 should see uh, more solutions and more uh, capabilities in this space as well.
0: Questioning. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, insightful uh, as ever. Uh, I, I love the way that you've elaborated on some of the points that we uh, that we said that we were going to talk about today. So uh, thank you for for being the font of knowledge that you are. All things to do with uh, with data, uh, particularly in the uh, in the pain management space. So look, uh, really really appreciate your time. I'm sure we'll get together to create some more content again in the future. But uh, really appreciate your time to, today. So uh, so thank you, Questioning.
1: Thank you, Simon.